Hi, I'm David Freudberg, host of Humankind. I've been thinking a lot lately about civility. Of course, basic politeness and exercising good manners is essential. But I think civility, real civility, goes deeper. It means to choose our words carefully and thoughtfully in non-hurtful ways. It means to be respectful of how another person sees the world even when we heartily disagree. And to maintain a sense of humility, because as a wise friend of mine used to say, we could always be wrong. These are lofty goals which I practice imperfectly, of course. But that's the tone we strive for in these programs. Thank you for listening. Humankind is produced in association with WGBH Boston and supported by the Humankind Program Fund and a special grant from the Henry Luce Foundation. The people who live on that block do the actual digging and planting, and people who haven't spoken or never met, even though they live on the same block, possibly for years or even decades, finally the barriers are broken down, those urban anonymity barriers, and when you plant trees together, you really bond. How tree-lined streets add beauty, raise property values, help the environment, and bring neighbors together. You're listening to Humankind. I'm David Freudberg. Before his battlefield death at age 31 in World War I, American writer Alfred Joyce Kilmer left humanity a simple, enduring thought. He wrote, I think I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree. I'm sure he's right that words will never do justice to the majesty and dignity of trees, on which we humans depend for the very air we breathe, as much in the rural forests as the tree-lined streets of our cities. One morning in San Francisco on a section of Lombard Street with newly planted trees, I met a remarkable gentleman wearing his trademark green beret. Uh, my name is Charlie Starbuck, and uh, I'm known as Charlie everywhere in the city. <laughs> and you are known everywhere in the city for a particular reason. Yes, I've been uh, planting uh, Friends of the Urban Forest street trees in San Francisco for uh, about 30 years now. How many trees have you planted in the span of 30 years? Well, <clears throat> I haven't kept a strict count, mainly because it's been too many, but... Uh, the staff did check, and they think I've planted about 7,500 trees in San Francisco. This may seem an improbable hobby for a tax attorney, now practicing part-time in his mid-70s. But it's been the longtime passion of Charlie Starbuck, along with hundreds of other Bay Area volunteers. Friends of the Urban Forest, which is a nonprofit organization, got started in 1981. And it's all been uh, about greening San Francisco ever since. Uh, there's probably been Friends of the Urban Forest, along with property owners and volunteers, have been responsible for planting about 45,000 trees since then. 45,000 trees. That's an amazing canopy. Yes. How do you feel when you're wandering through the streets of San Francisco and you come upon trees that you recall having planted? Some of them, all these years later, presumably much taller. Well... <clears throat> 
it's obviously very gratifying. Uh, uh, and the other thing about it is I'm, I'm a, uh, a long-term bachelor, and I often uh, regret not, a ha not having somebody uh, to live on after I die. But now I have this new friend that I can meet on every street, almost every street in the city, and at least every neighborhood, that will outlive me and will be smiling at me forever. <laughs> Friends of the Urban Forest says these days it plants on average about a thousand trees per year. Popular choices include flowering cherry, strawberry, southern magnolia, and fruitless olive trees. Well, the process begins when someone uh, in the neighborhood is anxious to have a tree. Uh, they go around and they uh, go to each house they, uh, in their neighborhood and try to encourage those property owners to also plant trees. And then once the... the because who uh, wants to be the yes. owner of a lone tree? <laughs> and, and once the, the uh, neighborhood uh, canvasser has, has found 20 or 30 people, then they contact Friends of the Urban Forest. And Friends of the Urban Forest comes, they hold a neighborhood meeting. They explain uh, the menu of trees that the property owner can, can uh, choose from. And they also explain how the process will work as far as cutting the sidewalk open and actual, actually planting the trees. Do the property owners come out and actually wield the shovel? Yes, they do. As a matter of fact, it's a big moment uh, in their life. It's usually a Saturday morning where everybody is happy and smiling, which doesn't happen too often in life these days. <laughs> Why do you think planting of trees brings a smile to people's faces? Well, I think they, they realize that it's, it's uh, number one, uh, for a lot of property owners, it's going to improve the, uh, the value of their property. That's very important uh, today. So you are literally yes. greening San Francisco <laughs> as, as your jacket suggests. <laughs> But the other thing about it is they, they, it brings the neighborhood together. I can't tell you how many times we've been planting trees and people that have been living on the same block for five or 10 years have not met each other and they'll meet over planting a tree and become good friends as well as their children. I actually drive by here every day on the way to school so I can point out the trees that I planted and that'll be awesome. Oh, and one of our neighbors happened to catch us as we were walking by and said, hey, Friends of the Urban Forest is coming by and looking to plant some trees. Do you guys want to put in trees? And we said, absolutely. We have a potluck. It's a homeowner's potluck, so all of the homeowners who are really thankful for getting trees will provide something, and then we'll all gather at the end of the potluck and talk about the day and have fun. And, but, you know, I'll get a chance to talk to the planting leaders who I see every other week or so and talk about the day and meet the volunteers, meet the, meet the homeowners, meet the people in the neighborhood. Cracking up roots with the pickaxe was really fun. So. <laughs> no, I think that everyone was really amiable, and we really pulled a team together, so it was really good. has a lot of uh, apartment buildings, a lot of automobiles, and it's also very steep. Charlie Starbuck. Goes up to Russian Hill, which is a, a, a hill. It's probably got about a 12 degree slope, people tell me. Uh, so it's, di it's difficult uh, to navigate unless you're paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like I'm almost about to roll down the street to uh, to Van Ness, the intersection there, but it's uh, a chilly and bright 
morning in San Francisco. And could you describe the, the plantings that we're looking at? Yes, there, there are uh, 13 uh, new olive trees. They're gracing the front of two very large apartment houses. And they provide uh, quite a, uh, a green uh, tapestry to what otherwise would be brick and mortar. And when were these trees planted? These were planted uh, about six months ago uh, with a group of volunteers. Uh, I was uh, what they call a planting leader, and I was uh, supervising uh, probably about seven volunteers to plant. Uh, we did this uh, in three hours one morning. Uh, the trees came from a, a local nursery, and all the supplies were uh, provided by Friends of the Urban Forest and the property owners. And we came out and transformed uh, this portion of Lombard Street in three hours. Had there been uh, no other trees on the block except for that one tall one at the top? Yes, that's correct. It was, uh, it was bereft of trees. Friends of the Urban Forest says it incurs a cost of about $450 per tree that gets planted. That includes the tree itself, plus processing of permits, paying to identify any underground utility lines, cutting concrete, and other expenses. But the homeowner currently pays only about a fourth of that cost, the organization subsidizing the rest. And nearby neighbors seem pleased with the addition of trees. Charlie Starbuck. The first thing that happens when we're planting is that people come by and thank us. They say, this is just wonderful. Uh, I, I'm tired of concrete. Uh, this is something that I can identify with. I grew, everybody talks about the trees they grew up with. For years, people are going to say how nice this is, that there is a tree in the city. Could you just describe the origins of this passion and how you got involved? Yes. <laughs> Well, I moved uh, from Pennsylvania to San Francisco in the late 60s. Um, and probably I was here a week and I said, something is missing in this city. And it turns out that when I finally figured it out that it was uh, a real lack of street trees. I grew up with trees. Uh, we had trees at school. We had woods close to where I lived in, in Philadelphia. Uh, and if you were a boy, you spent a lot of your childhood climbing trees and looking at trees. And there are a lot of beautiful, beautiful spots in San Francisco. And uh, we have the bay and the ocean, and we have mountains. We have everything. We have big parks. But we didn't have any street trees in the city, or not enough. We have fewer trees than many other, other large cities. And part of that is because of the geography and uh, the climate of San Francisco, uh, there were not a lot of native trees in the area when it was settled. This is Carla Short, who has the unusual title of urban forester for San Francisco's Department of Public Works, or DPW. She oversees management of all trees in the public right-of-way, including sidewalks. Unlike, for example, the East Coast, where people were really clearing trees in order to create their settlements, out here, uh, there were a lot of sand dunes, a lot of sandy soils, not as many trees. So we started off with a deficit of trees. Um, I think many cities have a goal for canopy cover because of all the environmental benefits that trees bring to cities. They sequester carbon, they help manage stormwater, and in San Francisco we have a combined storm sewer system, so it's really important for us not to overload that system. We don't want 
sewage going out into the bay. So the trees drink up the, the water from the rainfall? The trees slow down the rainfall and drink up the water. So they do two things. As, as the rain falls, they slow the rate so that more of it is able to be absorbed into the ground. And then, of course, they do a lot of that absorption. What does it mean for a tree to sequester carbon? Trees store carbon in their wood. Um, they also create oxygen and and part of storing the carbon is absorbing the carbon dioxide. So a lot of people are aware that carbon dioxide contributes to global climate change and trees will take up that carbon and store it in their wood. So they absorb it from the atmosphere. That's right. Carla Short believes trees may be our first line of defense against greenhouse gases associated with climate change. This would be especially true, she says, in urban centers, where large numbers of cars emit high quantities of global warming pollution. And there are other environmental advantages. When a tree naturally provides shade, that reduces energy needed to cool down buildings, which can yield major reductions in pollution. And trees offer other benefits to human health. They also take up fine particulate matter, which means that um, they can help clean the air for citizens. So in cities where asthma is more and more prevalent, trees can actually help contribute to a cleaner air um, for people. And is is that a noticeable difference? Uh, it is. It is. Uh, there are studies that, that show that there is a big impact with planting trees, particularly where in areas where there's higher asthma rates, they can um, clean up the air. And then they also absorb other um, chemicals that contribute to um, ozone depletion. And uh, so they are providing that benefit in terms of cleaning the air and cleaning the water as it, um, as it goes into the ground. Pretty amazing activity for something that just stands there totally still and takes it no matter what nature dishes out. That's right. And we put our trees through a fair amount of abuse in urban conditions. So they're really providing uh, us with many benefits. They actually grow in value over time. So they increase property values. Exploring how the planting of urban trees can bring communities together, safeguard the environment, increase property values, and beautify neighborhoods. You're listening to Humankind. I'm David Freudberg. For more information on this segment, Tree-Lined Streets, visit humanmedia.org. In its ongoing efforts to enhance the streetscape of San Francisco, Friends of the Urban Forest has a program called Tree Care, which seeks to increase the lifespan of trees. Traditionally, the Department of Public Works had responsibility for maintaining many of San Francisco's trees, but that duty is being gradually transferred to property owners, who increasingly will be required to trim their trees so the city can trim its budget. Friends of the Urban Forest employs arborists to prune and restake trees it cares for. Executive Director Dan Flanagan. You have maybe 108,000 street trees in San Francisco, and the mortality rate is about 4%. Per year? Per year. So you're losing about 4,000 trees a year. We're planting maybe 1,200 trees. Uh, DPW is planting 375 trees. 
Maybe the public's planting another thousand trees. So you're really looking at a urban forest that's in decline. So we're going in the wrong direction. Why is there a mortality rate of uh, thousands of trees per year? It's, it's tough to be a street tree anywhere. You have cars that bang into you. Yeah, you have um, juvenile delinquents who like to break down small trees. Um, it's also you're planting them in uh, an area that's full of concrete. You don't have a ton of uh, water being sent into their roots. So you have to have the right tree. And there's a lot of other, you know, just challenges of being a street tree in, in any urban setting. And that's why we work very closely with the DPW on establishing trees that do best in this type of situation. Meaning selecting kinds of trees that, that are better able to withstand the urban challenges? Exactly. And the challenges of our climate, which is very Mediterranean, where, you know, right now we don't get rain for about six months a year, and these trees have to survive on very little you know, water. San Francisco urban forester Carla Short. So um, planting trees, it's arguable, is the sexier side of, um, of the, the, the project. Many people support the idea of planting trees. There is less recognition that that tree is going to require some care over time. And one of the challenges that we have is ensuring that the urban forest can grow and survive um, we were asking about mortality of trees, and the highest mortality rate is for young trees when they're first planted because they need water and they need care. So if you look at the trees that are currently the maintenance responsibility of the Department of Public Works, they tend to be larger and healthier than trees that are maintained by adjacent property owners. And that's because the city has crews that are trained as arborists to take care of these trees, we can evaluate them. We have arborists who take a look. So we don't um, immediately remove a tree if um, there's an issue. We will mitigate the issue through pruning. We will take time to repair a sidewalk rather than try to remove the tree if it causes some damage. Property owners who through the best intentions, may end up inadvertently damaging a tree because they don't hire an arborist. They don't know that it's important to have a trained person do their work. And they are, because they have this liability and responsibility, they are reluctant to plant larger trees because that is bigger cost and potentially more problems for them. So having a municipal tree program allows the city to really invest in the larger, more mature trees. And those larger, more mature trees provide greater benefits. All those environmental benefits that I mentioned earlier are much increased with the, the size of the tree over time. we take trees for granted? Well, it seems to me these days, unfortunately, or tragically, we're taking all of nature for granted. Alice Russell Shapiro, a retired landscape architect, was an early board member of Friends of the Urban Forest. I mean, look at the global climate change situation. Trees are dying left and right, you know, above and below. We, we have the phrase, the tree 
line because trees won't grow above a certain elevation. And in this country anyway, as the climate is warming, trees are more susceptible to attack from pests and just in general becoming less healthy as their normal climate cycle is being altered and that weakens them either they're not getting enough water or or whatever the or too much water whatever the case may be and just like a, a human organism if we don't have the kind of of circumstances we need to thrive as far as food and shelter we will weaken and die when Alice Russell Shapiro first got involved with Friends of the Urban Forest in the early 1980s, she saw it as a non-controversial way to make a positive difference in people's lives. Of her various community activities, this, she says, has been the most fulfilling. The group's mission also appealed to Dan Flanagan, now the executive director, and formerly chairman of a New York City-based investment firm. I actually lived in a tree in college. I built a tree house, and there's a picture of it. We had uh, three stories, and the maximum amount of people in the tree house were 70 at, at a party. And the first story was 30 feet in the air, and then went up three stories from there. 70 people in a tree house? Yeah, yeah. The college was not really, they didn't know about the 70, but they definitely knew about the tree house. So, ironically, I studied for most of my finals on um, 50 feet in the air under the canopy of a huge um, Dutch elm. Uh, tree that had survived Dutch elm disease. So um, little did I know that years later, after I left Wall Street, I would um, get a phone call from someone who said they needed uh, an interim executive director for Friends of the Urban Forest. And I had trained for all my marathons back in the East Coast on one of the largest uh, tree nurseries in the United States and Princeton Nurseries. And I came to know trees by doing many miles up and down their rows and really love trees. I really had a deep connection to trees, having much like um, Charlie been raised on the East Coast where there's a different culture around trees. So I thought that this could be a really fun gig. Uh, we're about growing things. We're about bringing nature to uh, a, a community that doesn't have that much nature. If you look at the western part of the city, there are not a whole lot of trees. And if I can say after many years here that we brought trees to certain neighborhoods, and those trees will be there for 30 to 60 years, I think I'll be a pretty happy person. So, And how does that transform the life of the neighborhood? You drive down certain streets in San Francisco that have trees that are 30 years old. The feel of those streets are totally different than if you go in the western part of the city where it's just a concrete jungle. There's no trees whatsoever. And you see more kids coming out and playing. More street life occurs when you have trees on a street. Many people um, inherently recognize the beauty of trees. Urban forester Carlo Short. They don't necessarily know all the other benefits that they bring, and they may not want to be responsible for it themselves, but they can appreciate walking amongst the trees. So I'm a big believer in the biophilia effect, where the more... Um, interaction that human beings have with nature, we really depend on it for our well-being. And there is good research um, that supports this, that people are healthier, not just because of the cleaner air, but because of their ability to see and interact with nature. And so I think having livable urban centers that 
enlighten people to the benefits and the importance of the greater environment is a great way to help um, mitigate those, those impacts of global climate change. Before becoming San Francisco's urban forester, Carla Short recognized the critical importance of preserving tree cover. Each year, the world's forest land is decreased by tens of thousands of square miles. Trees are burned off for agriculture and clear-cut for firewood, paper, and lumber. And this produces an environmental crisis. When left intact, forests provide flood control, absorb carbon dioxide, and are biologically rich in animal and plant species. But as forests disappear, the decline of biodiversity tampers with nature's delicate balance, putting availability of foods and plant-based medicines at risk. Carla Short. I worked primarily overseas, protecting the rainforest in West Africa. One of the challenges of that work is that uh, it can be very demoralizing because in many cases we're, we're really um, losing the battle. We're, we're documenting the decline of these species and places where there's encroachment into the forest, where there are sensitive species that are declining because their habitat is lost. Due to deforestation. Due to deforestation. And we are seeing desertification, particularly in places like uh, West Africa where I worked much of my career. So in graduate school, I started working for a nonprofit group uh, while I was in school, very similar to Friends of the Urban Forest. And I was so delighted to see positive impacts of my labor. So planting trees is this really powerful and um, uh, very empowering process because uh, Rather than documenting decline, you are creating uh, an improvement in a location. And I got hooked. So I shifted my career path a little bit and took some more classes in the urban side of tree management um, and uh, decided to go into urban forestry. Um, the more livable cities are and the more connected to nature people are in urban conditions, the more likely they are to be um, supporting, protecting um, the natural areas outside of those places. So I feel like I'm, I'm fighting both fights, um, but this is a, a very satisfying um, way to have an impact. And that is really a great story because basically what you're saying is this gives hope. And if ever there were a field that needs more hope, it's the environment. That's really true. And if I can take one moment to just share a story of some young people that I worked with at one of our volunteer events on Arbor Day a couple of years ago. We work with volunteers. We plant uh, many trees. And a few years ago, we were planting trees around um, one of the low-income housing developments. And I was working with a group of young guys about 15, 16 years old. And I was riding them pretty hard. They were joking around, but they got a lot of work done, and they got a number of trees planted. And they felt proud by the end of the day. But uh, one of uh, their aunt spoke to me the other day. I saw her, and she said, you know, I drove by. We were visiting a cousin at that housing development, and Joseph said to me, hey, that's my tree. Look how good it looks. I love that tree. This is a 17-year-old kid who 
we've all met teenagers who are perhaps not the most interactive at that stage in their life. And he was completely illuminated by seeing how good the tree looked and the sense of pride he took in that he had planted that tree and that it was really thriving was very uh, satisfying. Most of all, as, as uh, a nun, we were planning at a, at a church uh, one day and I was talking about all the environmental benefits and she said, no, forget all of that. It's all about beauty. Um, and, and she was right. I mean, it just adds so much beauty to an urban area. Charlie Starbuck, longtime volunteer at Friends of the Urban Forest in San Francisco. He has planted about 7,500 trees and counted. Listening to Humankind, I'm David Freudberg. Studio recording by Antonio Oliart Rose. Editorial assistance from Thomas Royal and Kathy Graham. Webmaster Brian K. Johnson. Special thanks to Ben Carlson, Adam McChain, and Tony Buck. Our program is produced by Human Media in association with WGBH Boston. Program development provided by Shart Media. To purchase a CD copy of this program, please call 1 800 5 Listen. That's 1-800-5-L-I-S-T-E-N. Or visit our website where you can also obtain an audio download of this and our other programs and can hear selected episodes free. You can access free written materials related to this program as well. Our web address is humanmedia.org. Again, if you'd like to purchase a CD copy of Humankind by phone, please call 1-800-5-LISTEN. And our web address is humanmedia.org. This segment, Tree-Lined Streets, is Humankind Program number 177. The executive producer is David Freudberg. This is Humankind. To hear more episodes of Humankind, you can subscribe to our free podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast player. A new episode each week. The podcast title is Humankind on Public Radio. And if you enjoy this program, be sure to leave us a kind review at iTunes and Stitcher. If you want to support the program, please visit humanmedia.org. And at the top of the homepage, click on How You Can Help. Again, our web address is humanmedia.org. Thanks.